I, I hope that I am a good influence. And if that makes me a leader, then that's, that's fine. I don't want to be a self-proclaimed leader. I just want to do a good job. If that inspires other people to do a good job, then that makes me happy. Welcome to Artists as Leader, where we explore the intersection of creativity and leadership. I'm Piercarlo Talenti, the producer and editor of this podcast, brought to you by the Keenan Institute of the Arts at the University of North Carolina School of the Arts. And I'm Rob Kramer, CEO of Kramer Leadership, whose mission is to advance leaders for the greater good. This week, we bring you Pierre Carlo's interview with opera singer Lucia Lucas. Pierre Carlo, can you introduce us to Lucia? Sure, I'd love to. One thing you've probably noticed, dear listener, is that the beautiful singing voice you're hearing right now is a deep, richly trained baritone, which I'm guessing is not the voice you thought you were going to hear from a singer named Lucia. But Lucia is, in fact, a trailblazer. In 2019, when she played the title character in Mozart's Don Giovanni at Tulsa Opera, she became the first trans woman to play a lead role on an American operatic stage. A trained and gifted baritone when she presented as male, Lucia remains a trained and gifted baritone now that she's come out. She is unquestionably a star on the rise, having sung on major stages all over the world, including Italy, England, Korea, and Germany, where she currently resides. When Theater Magdeburg in Germany cast her as Wotan, the king of the gods in Wagner's Die Weikula. <laughs> and one of the, you know, one of those plumbest and the challenging roles for right. any dramatic baritone. Right. Uh, Lucia did not fail to impress the critics. The newspaper Volkstimme praised her for her powerfully clear singing and dramatically intense Wotan. By the way, I have to thank Lucia for allowing me to trot out my high school German. <laughs> 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 Sounded pretty good to me, but I don't know German. All right, good. I don't know either. Uh, so the pandemic has postponed her upcoming bookings at several prestigious companies. But, you know, one thing is clear. We'll be hearing a lot more of that beautiful baritone for years to come, I'm certain. Lucia spoke with me from her home in Karlsruhe, Germany. Before inquiring about her leadership journey, I asked her to tell us a little bit about her artistic journey up to now. Sure. I guess for me, arts has always been um, a way for me to release, release steam or to, to express myself. And it's, it's always been that sort of thing. And, and so it was only natural that eventually uh, when I come out, I decide that I'm, I'm going to continue doing my arts journey. Uh, I, I started as an, as an instrumentalist and what was your instrument? I started as a French horn major in mm. undergrad and I actually did concurrently my, my French horn degree, my French horn degree, as well as my, uh, my voice degree, both in performing. And so I did two, two recitals of each. And then I went to Chicago for my graduate degree and just did uh, voice after that because it was, it was clear that voice was the right way to go. I love French horn. I love listening to horn. I love playing horn. But realistically, you have to 
you have to focus a little bit if you want to do a really good job on on one particular thing. From from 2005, when I went to Chicago, it was just about voice and primarily about opera. Everything was geared towards becoming a better uh, operatic singer and performer. And so along the way, as you mentioned, in your artistic journey, you also experienced a profound personal uh, journey and transition. Uh, can you talk about how your artistic practice and experience uh played a role in in your transition. What about being a classically trained singer made it easier or more difficult to come out? Well, the part that was more difficult was was deciding to really come out because coming out was very likely. um, at, At the time, it seemed very likely that my career would be over. I wasn't projecting that at all, but I definitely did believe that my career could be over. Not because I would be immediately fired, but because I would be slowly phased out of the career, at least. And so that was was a difficult moment, but overcoming people's thoughts not even necessarily negative thoughts or people who like drove me out of the career because really there wasn't a whole lot of that, but just people who didn't think it would be even possible to be an out trans person in the, the operatic landscape. I had a friend who said, what are you going to do now? And I said, did I say I was going to quit? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm still doing this this career. My friend is has since, you know, pulled out of the career and is is having a wonderful life, but it was more based on my determination to keep the career going. It was it was very much at that point on me to make sure my career goes forward. So how did you go about doing how did you go about tending your career while you transitioned and after? Well, immediately when I came out, the the next week I had four performances of four different operas. And wow. the, the key there was all male presenting, of course, and that's still mm-hmm. the majority of my work. I just went there and did my job. Luckily, all of those operas already had their premieres. And all I had to do was go there and be good. So I would go there, uh, you know, wearing something more comfortable for me and um, presenting presenting femme that whole next week and going into the makeup chair and them, you know, drawing a beard or gluing a beard on me and drawing age lines on me and all the different things that that happen when you when you have to play, you know, 50 year old men primarily on stage. And then after that, then I would, you know, put back on my clothes and, and go home. And I tried to not, I tried to make it as, as normal as possible, as normal as it had always been. Because for, for you or your collaborators? My, my, or my performance, my performance. Uh-huh. I tried to show that everything that I was doing on stage was just as it always was. I wasn't, I didn't have an agenda on stage. I didn't have, 
I wasn't trying to show anything on stage. I was just trying to perform the operas as I had the week before. And that was very important to me. And it is, it is still very important to me that I live my life in a way that is that is calm. And I, I, I really try to show excellence in my craft as a way to show that my personal things that are going on have nothing to do with my professional work. I'm not trying to change my art form to suit me. I'm happy doing my art form as it is. Do you consider yourself to be a leader? I guess accidentally, maybe. <laughs> um, I, I hope that I am a good influence. And if that makes me a leader, then that's, that's fine. I don't want to be a self-proclaimed leader. I just want to do a good job. If that inspires other people to do a good job, then that makes me happy. Because someone else might have answered your friend differently, would have might have answered, well, yes, of course I'm going to give up my career because how can I, how can I keep going? But you stuck to your guns. What What is it in your, in your character or your background that facilitated that for you? I'm very stubborn. Mm. And if I want something, I go after it with all of my energy. I was born in California and now I live in Germany for over 10 years doing opera because I decided that I wanted to sing opera full-time professionally and that was the way to do it. I look at my goal, I assess how to get there and then I make it happen. Do you ever encounter or how do you handle any disrespect that you might face? Well, um, I think that you always try to invest your equity in yourself. So every single time I get to the next level on something, there's an additional thing that I can use for the next level. So when I go do my first Votan, then when I go to somebody and they're like, oh, what do you do? I'm an opera singer. Or what, what do you sing? Well, I sing dramatic stuff, you know, Verdi and Wagner. And if they want to ask more, usually that's enough. And usually with, with random strangers, I don't want to get into everything. Um, but if they want to know more, I say, well, I sing Wotan. And then it's like, in that moment, it's like, oh, oh, like, like for real, you sing Wotan. Yeah. And then it's, it's, it's just such a, it's such a shock. And then like, oh, well, where have you sung? Oh, well, I've sung at Teatro Reggio. I've sung at Deutsche Oper. I've sung at English National Opera. And if that's not enough, you know, in, in the spring, hopefully, um, if, if our current, uh, our current pandemic goes down, hopefully the Met will open and I'll make my Met debut in next spring. And, you know, at that point, it's like, oh, well, I had, I had no, I like, even if the, even if the thought in their brain is I had no idea that there were trans artists, the, the fact that I have these certain houses 
on my resume, no matter whether they're from the U.S. or from the U.K. or from Germany or from Italy, they recognize that, well, I must be real if I've been to these places. So I think I use uh, my accomplishments of the past to justify my existence in the business while being trans. I I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. I, I love the image of investing. You said investing my equity in myself to, I think, to build yourself forward. I think this is a beautiful image. Yeah, um, I mean, self-leadership. It's, it's in a way, it, there's a lot of testing your power, you know, and, and seeing if you'll be accepted at the next level. And I think that that's, I think that that's really difficult for anybody who is not a, traditional identity that you see on stage it's it's not just for me or for trans singers um i think that being being gay at least in let's say germany the uk and the us i I don't think being gay is a barrier uh to entry for at least opera Mm -hmm. and probably all types of theater and musical theater i i don't think that that is that is a barrier in most western countries but being trans um having too much melanin i think that 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 does make it harder for people and it doesn't mean that people aren't in opera there are some amazing artists and in in opera that are not i don't know i guess the the tradition of western opera going back hundreds of years. Um, but I think it's important to increase diversity. And I, I applaud theaters, not for making statements, but for making systematic change, increasing opportunities for people who may not have previously had the chance to make a career in opera. I mm. am very proud to have worked with English National Opera I think they make policies and they and they stick to those policies so that they can change the future of what's possible for performers on stage. You you brought up power um, a few minutes back and I'm curious about if you find yourself leading differently now than when you presented as male. How has your relationship to power and authority changed at all? In recent years, I'm gonna give a I'm gonna give a more more, more detailed answer than mm-hmm. I than I usually do. So this is a little bit deeper than I usually go. But um, when also I've never really been asked this question quite this way. So thank you. Um, I think that the type of visibility that I have now is more than I had before. And what I mean by that is, as strange as it seems, I think I sort of blended into the, the, the texture of an opera ensemble or, or the opera as a business. I don't think I stuck out. You know, maybe people saw moments of, of femme from me, um, but also, being gay in the operatic world is not 
I, I don't see it as a negative. I mean, maybe there are certain countries that you might not get invited to. But being being a gay man or being perceived as a gay man, or possibly gay, I think is is not a negative and possibly even a positive. I've definitely, before I came out, I was definitely hit on by different men in the industry. And, you know, I, I've had a wife the entire time that I've been in the industry. But the sort of, like, the sort of flirtations that go on and... and and touchy-feely stuff that that happened like it, it was my identity was not a barrier for inclusion in that i i had been performing in germany for for 5 years as a fest uh, ensemble member so i very much had a career that was at least going uh, it wasn't huge, it wasn't small, but it just kept going. And so, uh, I don't know, there was just sort of, not invisibility, but definitely just sort of fitting into the texture, and it wasn't a thing. And now, of course, you know, when I came out, there were no professional trans opera singers. So when my friend said, what are you going to do now? That was kind of going, well, I don't know any, I don't know any trans opera singers. And I can imagine that it will be difficult or may not even work. I tried to be a good person before I came out. I tried to be nice. I tried to, to protect people when I can. Um, but I definitely was not ever thrust into some sort of leadership role or leadership spotlight. Mm -hmm. And there was no way for me to be a trans female baritone and be stealth. So it was it was kind of like, well, if I'm going to do this, I may as well be public and I, wait, I, I may as well use the communication skills that I've learned over the last, you know, 15 years of, of performing and maybe... Maybe I can do some good. Not maybe I'll try and be a leader, but maybe I can, I can be at least a positive example. And maybe push the, push the line a little bit. I knew that I knew when I came out that I likely would have at least another year in the business, and I wanted to be a good example. And if I never got hired after that, at least I will have done a little bit of that. And then maybe the next person can do a couple years and the next person can do five years and the next person can do a career, you know, and just trying to just trying to push that line just a little bit and and see what happens, you know, and in the meantime, thinking about, OK, well, what what like I'm I'm coming out and then I came out and then, OK, the, well, there's no there's no going back in the closet. So so what now? Well, I try and do this to the best of my ability. And in the back of my mind, think about what what will I do uh, if I don't have a career? If I can't, if I can't maintain this, if or if people simply will not let me stay in the career, you know. And so thinking about that a little bit, but not hard enough to to distract me from my goal, which was staying in the business as long as possible. And then once I hit the moment that I had a professional career being out longer than I wasn't out, then that was a very important milestone for me. Hmm. 
you could finally breathe, I imagine. Yeah. And and at that point, it's just sort of like, okay, now this is bonus round, you know? Mm-hmm. Now let's now let's just see. Let's just see what happens after that. And it, it really I it was only my own pressure that I was putting on myself, but it sort of relieved some of that pressure. Like, all right, cool. Now I I have earned I have earned my place in the career as Lucia Lucas. That is that is not it's not some sort of weird asterisk by my career that I transitioned before I stopped singing. My my name before is less relevant, is actually less relevant than my name now. And when people ask me about my name before, it's like that's not important. My career is way bigger now than it was before. But don't get it twisted. I did risk my career to come out. And I I did go through struggles. I don't talk about them so much, but I absolutely did. And I feel that now that I have overcome those and I have proven to, to the people who will actually listen, you know, there's always going to be people who just can't can't deal with your identity but to the people who were simply curious or doubting i think i've done enough to show my validity in this business as myself do you find yourself still thinking about pushing the line as much as you do about your career or is that now that you feel you've arrived at a full career and are recognized as a leading singer is that is it that thought about pushing the line a little less relevant? All of my money that I make that is extra money that does not go towards rent and food goes towards plane tickets to auditions to coaching to overcoaching to new equipment so that I can do my job better to expanding the ways in which I can create art. Um, we just bought uh, a new video camera in the last couple months um, because we did a video project uh, with phones. And we said, you know what? Our next video project, we want it to be better quality. And so mm. we took some Who's extra we? money. My my wife and I, we, we both sing. She's in a fest ensemble. So she's a salaried full-time singer. She sings contralto. So she sings, you know, uh, Erda, Clida Mastra, her her specialty is is also dramatic uh, German dramatic repertoire, and so we did uh, the Wanderer Erda scene from Siegfried, and it's on it's online. Anybody can see it. Um, it's called Coffee, Gin, and Murder. And <laughs> when when the pandemic started, we we decided that we were going to keep making art no matter what was going on all of our work just immediately got put on hold any any trips that i was going to do to the states were just done any talks that i was going to give were canceled both in both in germany and in the us and there was one in the uk that I, that also got canceled um, that maybe i was going to do and so everything just sort of shut down and we, and we we said okay well do we do we want to do we feel comfortable enough to make art right now well yes with each other so what we did is we disinfected one of our 
our portable recorders and we dropped it off um, at a pianist house and he recorded in uh, the part and then gave it back to us so we did this all with with all the proper social distancing rules then we recorded in our part into the computer and then after we had a good good audio going then we started filming and we did scene by scene and the the sorry long story short basically i'm not stopping and all of my extra money all of our extra money goes back into our art form we we both could have gotten jobs i i've also done computers since i was like eight years old so if i would have went through computer uh and gotten my uh computer science or computer engineering degree which i did qualify to go into the the school at uh csu sacramento uh you know i probably would have been working at intel or google or whoever in silicon valley right now and we'd be in california living beautiful lives with plenty of money and Right now, we are both in Germany in a uh, 24 square meter apartment, like 250, 260 square feet apartment, basically a studio apartment, which is sort of our home base. And until recently, I was just here for a couple of weeks and then I would fly out to London and then I would fly out to the US and fly out to wherever. But the, the reason why we are here is because we're devoted to this career and to this art form. And so, yeah, I mean, in that way, we are we are pushing it. Where we are still, we are still not going home and spending time with with family and friends because we are that devoted to this career. So, Rob, what do you think Lucia has to teach us about leadership? You know, Pierre Carlo, I just, I loved everything about this interview. I loved um, her take on herself and how to carry herself. Um, what really hit me immediately was, and it was never made a big deal, but certainly it was an, a big act of courage, I believe, to put herself out there as a trans woman and at the same time be very professional and went to work, did her thing as a baritone. And then, you know, as she describes, put on her, her, um, female clothing and go back home at the end of the night. And so she didn't, she did it, but didn't make a big pomp and circumstance of it, but took the act of courage and then balanced it with understanding the context of being a professional. Yeah. Her central to her is her performance. Her performance is what matters in the end, what Correct. gets her recognized no matter how she presents. Correct. Yeah. I mean, she's stuck to simply being great. Do whatever your art form yeah. is, be excellent at it, and let that carry you as a, a, a professional. The other thing I really liked was how she has this sense for me of setting professional goals and then actively pursuing them. Yeah. And even in this slowdown due to the pandemic, what does she do? She and her wife create videos. And in right. fact, she told me this at the end of the interview that she's gotten a commission to make a longer video from an opera company. Uh-huh. So right there, she's created a new opportunity for herself and her wife, which is, you know, in the middle of a pandemic. She's constantly nice. expanding her career. Nice. If you'd like to learn more about Lucia and read a longer version of this interview, please go to uncsa.edu slash artist is leader. 
If you enjoyed this interview, please leave us a rating or a comment wherever you get your podcasts. Also, if you admire artist leaders in your own community that you'd love us to profile in future episodes, please let us know by leaving us a note on our Facebook page at Keenan Institute for the Arts. Special thanks to Megan Whitaker. And thanks, of course, to Lucia herself for allowing us to use the audio from her wonderful YouTube video, Coffee, Gin, and Murder. Be sure to check it out. Our theme music is by The Dimes. I'm Pierre Carlo Talenti. And I'm Rob Kramer. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>